0: Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for listening, especially if you've already listened to part one of this series. I mean, thank you times a million for tuning back into part two. I think I'm going to call it Confronting Christmas, the spiritual man perspective. I don't know. That's a consideration. I'm having to write that down right now. That's how completely unprepared I am about any of this type of stuff as far as what to call things and everything. And so I just ended part 1 with just kind of laying a groundwork of of saying confronting Christmas. Oh now, ching 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 ching. If that was the sound of people dropping off. <laughs> I get it. I understand. I understand. And I'll get to that and like to make that crystal clear. But I just talked about how Christmas comes just so wrapped up in this beautiful package. And it's got this little golden baby Jesus on the top to just make sure you know is, it's okay. It's okay. It's really about Jesus now. It's really about Jesus. And friends, I just, I can't find any place in me that has a peace about that, that has a, a clear conscience about that for me, for me now, okay? I am sharing my perspective and scriptural c- uh, conviction Of what the Lord, the place He has brought me and my household to. We have not celebrated Christmas as a family for at least three years. I don't remember, maybe four. As as our family, just our household. And I'm telling you, I'll get to this more later, but like, I have much to say on it because... Anything like your perspective changes when you take yourself out of something you consider normal and just what you always do. You can't have the perspective listen, a drunk man cannot have the same perspective on that bottle of whiskey in his hand as that same man can five years removed from drinking alcohol. Can we just say that just as an example? Christmas is not whiskey. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in the, in a in a in a comparison, coming away from that, I have very, 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 very much different. I have very different perspective because we have not been doing that for years. And I've seen the fruit of that, but I'll get to that more later. Now, of course, the majority of modern culture has nothing to do with the Jesus part of Christmas, right? Nobody can argue that. Yet the celebration continues on without Jesus. And that's what goes back to where I started this in part one, saying, can you have, Christ, have Christmas without Christ? Have you, can you have the Christmas celebration, the, the season, without Jesus Christ? And I said, unequivocally, yes. Well, why am I, how can I say that, right? Well, let me answer that. Because Christmas goes on just the same as it always has, without Jesus. We have to be be willing to admit that's true. The The whole nation continues the tradition of Christmas with nothing to do with Jesus attached to it in many, many, many examples. Christmas tree, fine, don't need Jesus. Ornaments and lights, don't need Jesus. Gifts? sure don't need Jesus. Red Santa hats, don't need Jesus. Santa Claus himself, don't need Jesus. Elves on a shelf, don't need Jesus. I could go, listen friends, I could go on and on and on, okay? You get the point, surely. As, a, as, a, as a, just a normal adult with common sense, you get my point. It continues on without Jesus being any part of it in the pattern of the world. It still fits. So, this should concern us greatly. If, and I mean if in the greatest sense, the season is really all about Jesus, then how can the celebration continue on without missing a beat, without him being the fundamental component within it? Did you hear what I'm saying? If this season is really, really, really sourced in God's ways, God's intentions, God's celebratory festivals from Him, or even on His behalf now, if it was really sourced in that, in the recognition of Jesus the Messiah coming to earth, how could we take Jesus out in this worldly pattern that that Christmas just continues to grow and to grow and to grow and advance and advance, how can it continue without Jesus being a part of it if it's sourced in the Messiah? I don't understand. I don't see that making any sense. If this season is about the birth of Messiah, then how does all of this nation, those who do not believe in him now, The hordes and hordes of people who do not believe in Jesus coming as a baby. How can it continue to carry on in the celebratory tradition that it does? And perhaps most importantly, shouldn't we have been scripturally commanded to celebrate the arrival and birth of Jesus No one has ever been able to show me scripturally where I'm commanded to celebrate the birth of the Son. And here's the problem. I don't even have time to get into all of that, right? The majority, the biggest issue within that is we do not celebrate what God has told us to. That's the conviction of my heart. And I'm guilty of that myself. I will raise my hand and say, guilty, guilty, guilty. I have not been celebrating the feasts of the Lord that were commanded to be kept by His people unto Him as He commanded. I have not done that. We're moving towards that. We're giving ourselves to to understanding that and knowing what we're even to do and why. But I would say because we've abandoned that and because God made us to be a celebratory people, well, We've abandoned God's festivals and celebrations and we are a celebratory people. We love to celebrate because that's the way God created us to be. So let's make our own. Let's celebrate our own way. And I've been guilty of that myself. But we have not been scripturally commanded to celebrate the birth of Jesus. So shouldn't the world that does not believe in Jesus now Shouldn't they avoid the celebration at all costs? If it's, again, if it's really sourced in Jesus, if it is absolutely, if there's no way to take Jesus the Christ out of Christmas and still have Christmas, shouldn't they hate the holiday? Shouldn't the atheist? Shouldn't the agnostic? Shouldn't the Whoever we could name that is on the outside of believing in the in the coming of the Christ child, how can they celebrate a, a traditional holiday if it is absolutely all about the Jesus baby Messiah? It doesn't make sense. Well, they're not really celebrating Christmas, I hear people say. Evangelical Christianity says, well... They cross their arms, they say, well, they're not really celebrating Christmas like we do. Oh, y'all, that's such arrogance. That's such a prideful, arrogant heart. That is not, that's just falsehood. I've heard Christians say, as if Christians own the patent on the real Christmas, which is absurd, this type of phrase. Well, they don't even know what Christmas really is. My friends, what if they do? What if they do? What if they're carrying on the tradition in the same way it's always been carried out? Which is worldly, natural, fleshly, and man-made. What if they're just simply carrying on the tradition without Jesus because it can easily be carried out and perpetuated without the Messiah as the source and as the purpose behind it all? This, this this defensiveness of they're not really celebrating Christmas. They just don't know. This is just really shallow to me. It's very unspiritual at best. It's not, it's not spiritual thinking. It's not stepping back and saying, well, maybe, maybe this isn't sourced in eternal God. Maybe this is a man-made holiday celebration because natural carnal men who oppose God Are honoring this festival. Can we change the verbiage a little bit? They're honoring and revering and and setting themselves apart to celebrate a festival that we say is about Jesus. Christianity says it's about Jesus. Well, that's not even biblically accurate. They can't. Well, then what are they doing? Because it looks, sounds, and smells exactly like Christian traditional Christmas. In most every single facet and way. There's no way anybody can now argue that point. That is so crystal clear true. Turn on Fox News and I bet within 10 minutes you'll see the war on Christmas. Well, what's the war, friends? Taking Christ out of Christmas. So I say again, if you can take him out, it's not sourced in him. Period. So let me pose this thought. What about 1 Corinthians chapter 11? We're told to proclaim the death of Messiah and remember it in the elements of communion, right? Every believer, for the most part, knows that. If you're mature at all, you know that. You know that chapter talking about remembering the death, proclaiming the death through the body, through the blood. If that was our remembrance, okay, if that is our tradition, if that is our celebration, if that is our I'll, I'll just adopt this word to make it, make it make sense. If that was our festival, our honoring, our, our set-apart convocation, if you will, our recognition of something, can the world who does not believe in Jesus and all that he did join into that event? Think on that, would you, please? I mean, seriously, I'm not being smart. I'm just saying we have to talk like mature adults here as spiritual men and ask some real tough questions. Can an unbelieving pagan world celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Because, again, we're talking about celebratory festivals. We're talking about seasons. We're talking about events that we commemorate that are or are are not sourced in Yahweh God's intent and purposes and plan? So can an unbelieving pagan world celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Can the world commemorate the Passover? Ludicrous, right? Can you go up to an atheist at the bookstore and say, Brother... I want to invite you to celebrate the Passover with me tomorrow. Okay, well, what's that about, friend? (laughs) What's the Passover? And you explain that to me, to that man. You explain to him the biblical um, celebration of Passover. Or any other, just pick a feast if you would like. They would have no way to understand identify, or properly celebrate that festival, (coughs) that feast, that event. Why? Because it was sourced in God for God's people. You cannot take Yahweh, eternal God, out of Passover. You cannot. You can't take Him out of the feast of unleavened bread. Why? Because it is Him It is who He is. It is sourced in Himself. He instated it. He commanded it. He owns it. He owns the patent on it, friend. It was sourced in Him and given to His people now. His set-apart consecrated people that He formed with His very own hand through the lineage of Abram. Therefore, there can be no separation, there can be no way, no how, that the natural carnal world that opposes God can celebrate such things, nor would they ever even do it. Why? These are festivals of the people of God, set apart with clear distinction by God Himself. He instated it and set it in place. So we have to ask then, how then, Can these others, on the outside now, those who are not the people of God, how can they celebrate Christmas and it looks just like it always has? So let's make this clear. Most everyone I've presented this to falls back to the, well, I love doing it though. It's a season that's, we call it warm creates fantastic memories for all of us together with family and friends. And in some cases, it's a great way to teach about the birth of Jesus. Well, we teach our children about the birth of Jesus during Christmas. Okay, yes and amen. Do you you teach them about the birth of Jesus in June? (laughs) I mean, we don't even want to go there about how we just do certain things when you're supposed to. So minus the Jesus part that we tap on to the end of the season, could we not shoot holes in that type of thinking in other ways of when people justify what they do? Well, I like to do this. I enjoy doing that. Everything can be justified according to our own will and ways. Now, most Christians, ironically enough, would oppose this thinking in every other approach to living. We condemn others who live out of doing things that they personally enjoy and justify it however they choose. Well, hey, I just don't see it that way, brother. Uh, I'm, God made me homosexual. Oh, no, 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 he didn't. That's a lie. That's a lie. Now, see, you see what I'm saying without even going down that road? Self-justification based upon a personal desire makes no sense according to the scriptural commands of God And, and being found as people who are rightly presenting ourselves to Him as living sacrifice people. Our personal preference in what we like and what we enjoy has got to become down the charts, secondary, lower, lower, lower. His will, His way, preeminent, period. We as Christians, we talk though, Christian majority talks as though she's exempt from that, especially in light of something like Christmas. Well, you can't, you can't, I've heard people, I could quote, you cannot convince me Christmas is wrong. I couldn't agree more because I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything. Because number one, if you have to do it like that, that person is unconvincible Concrete, solid, you cannot change my belief on this no matter what you say or do. Traditions of men. We believe, I I, I would say we've seen this in like trunk or treat stuff and how that's advanced in the last 20 years. We add Jesus to something that men created, and we have been, I would say, deceivingly convinced that poof, it's okay. It's acceptable. It's even right and good. If we just take something that originated in the patterns and ways of men, and we just put a little Jesus stamp on it, it's okay. And friends, I'm telling you, that's such a dangerous, dangerous trap that we have to be aware that we're not allowing to take place in our lives. This is not an acceptable practice throughout the timeline of the Bible for God's people, ever. The origin and the source was always and must continue to be in God's heart per His instruction, not in addition to a practice of men. Now, this is just a small gathering of many concerns I don't have any intention to completely elaborate into here. Because honestly, it all boils down to the simple fact that most people that I've encountered now, just I'm not saying everyone, but the people that have been in my life that I've ever in any way stuck my toe into the the pool of questioning Christmas, it's always been the same. People will just they just are intolerant of even the idea that Christ that Christmas is pagan in origin nobody wants to believe that that's even possible i'm just saying is it possible have you looked from a from a from a clear place now, not like looking for ways to justify the celebration of it, because that's easy. We can go to the internet, we can go to the library, we can call somebody who we know predictably will tell us what we want to hear. We know how to justify what we want to do, friends. Right now, I can guarantee you, if we went there, went to our computers, and we sat down and we Googled, like, why is Christmas Christian? I'm telling you, we will find sermons and books and articles and magazines explaining us to great lengths, justifying how Christmas is. It's just okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. But what about opening ourselves to look around the other corner and say, you know what? What if it's not? I'm not going to go into all the origin because that goes into a whole different type of discussion that I'm not really interested in having. But when you look at the origin of Christmas, if you look, I mean, if you go way back now, pagan festivals were hot and heavy, man. They were were the thing. Well, Christians looked at it, they couldn't do it. I'm not allowed to do that. I want to do something. The feasts and festivals of the Lord had already been abandoned. And we're, again, humanity was created to be a celebratory people. Well, what about us? We don't get to do anything fun. I have an idea. Let's take the pagan practices of men, put a Jesus stamp on it, and we can reach the lost. And we get to celebrate. It's a win-win. We get to win over the pagan world by joining in with their festival they're already doing, But we'll make it about Jesus, and they'll come to Jesus. Friends, I'm telling you, that has not happened. Because that has never been and never will be the pattern of God on how to reach mankind. We will never reach the world by joining in doing what they're doing. We will not do that, friends. Now, I'm not talking about you don't go to a basketball game with a lost friend co-worker because you can't win him there in the world. I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about legalism-fueled living. I'm talking about I cannot be like them because I'm not. Because I'm a regenerated Christ, man, and those things make me ill, the things of the world. They shouldn't have an appeal to me. I shouldn't have to go out there and do what the world is doing in order to bring the world to Jesus because we are talking about a living and breathing gospel, good news that is supernatural. And God draws men by the Spirit unto Himself through other men by being distinct and set apart. And when somebody looks at this person and that person, if that person looks just like me, and he tells me something I need to do, I would say, well, you, you have the same problems, struggles, issues, patterns, as I do. I need changed. What about you? Well, I'm a Christ man. I have a renewed mind. I, all these things we're not even going to go into for, for the sake of time. Well, that's different. You have what I already know. You look just like me in the pattern of the world. You look different. You look like an alien. And friends, that's the reality of the set-apart people, of the alien people, that, inf- that infiltrates its way into this Christmas season. So I would say because at the outset, the Christian festival was, was joined with a pagan celebration from the very beginning, it cannot be sourced in God because it was crammed into a pattern and way of the world, of men. And I'm telling you, I'll get to this more later in another part, but the fruit of that, friends, has been made crystal clear. The fruit of the origin is crystal clear. It confirms that it was wrong at the outset. We're trying to make something godly that was never godly at its inception. Can we admit that that's even possible? But honestly, honestly now, I'm not being judgmental. This is the world. This is the Christian world. We would rather cuddle up with our memories and our nostalgia and our little nativity scenes and our Christmas trees and our Christmas sweaters and our parties and our silent night music. We would rather have that. Then go without it and maybe even possibly move up in our understanding and freedom and clarity to see as God sees. Let's be honest. Let's really be honest now. I would say that this is true from what I look around and see and hear from the body of Christ at large on the earth today. We love. Christmas. We love every single thing about it. But I'm saying, friend, is it possible that we can step back and lift our hands and say, God, I give you this holiday. I give you this tradition. I give you my opinion. I give you my memories. I give you that warm, cozy feeling that I get thinking about the Christmas season. I say, Lord, you tell me, you tell me, is this pleasing to you? And I will wait and I will listen and I will study to show myself approved and I will get your patterns ingrained into my mind and I will step back and I will assess if this is in fact sourced in you. Friend, would you just be willing to do that? Would you be willing to ask those hard questions? I believe some will. I really have faith to believe that that maybe a few will do that. I pray that this helps us to do that. Part three, coming up next. Amen.